In preparing messages for this time of year, uh, as I've probably said before, I often find myself uh, wrestling a bit uh, with how the American holiday of Thanksgiving is intertwined with the biblical concept of giving thanks. Uh, I'm going to start today by sharing uh, some of my thoughts over the past few weeks as I anticipated presenting a, quote, quote, Thanksgiving message. Uh, then I'm going to conclude by quickly reviewing, as my title suggests, some Thanksgiving comfort food um, that has been enjoyed across the centuries. Uh, as I've told you before, uh, sometimes I try to get myself to slow down a bit and drill down on a topic. Uh, a few weeks ago, I spent some time with the concept of Thanksgiving. Um, and I started with a very simple question. And it was, as a Christ follower, why should Thanksgiving be important to me? And two things came very, very quickly to mind for me and probably for you. And as I walked through this, um, this is my reflection. But this process, uh, as it relates to Thanksgiving, might be something that you would enjoy sometime in your quiet time. So again, I start with the question of uh, why should Thanksgiving be important to me as a Christ follower? And the two responses I quickly came up with was, one, God deserves it. And if you have questions about that, check your Bible. Uh, he deserves it. Um, but the other is because he commands it. If you read through the Psalms, repeatedly there is an exhortation for us to give thanks. And if you look at the cover of your bulletin, there's a passage in the New Testament uh, that Paul references, where Paul addresses this in First First Thessalonians chapter five, uh, starting with verse sixteen. It says, "Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Why should we give thanks? Because God tells us we should give thanks. So again, in, in trying to process that, I, I wrestled a bit then with, well, why does he command me to give thanks? If, in fact, there is a scriptural admonition, admonition, exhortation, command that we should give thanks in all circumstances, then why does he command that? And for me, this just may not be for you, but for me, the answer was very simple. God commands me to give thanks because he knows I need it. Why do I need it? Next question. Why do I need to give thanks? Because I, not you, but because I tend to lose perspective. I'm sure none of you ever go here, but for me sometimes... I can fall into a mindset where life's not fair. Why can't I catch a break? Or my favorite, poor, poor, pitiful me. (laughs) For some of us, it may go a little bit deeper and really begin to strike at the core of our being, and it's not something to chuckle at. But we find ourselves caught up in Where is God in my suffering and in my pain? Doesn't he care about what I'm going through? Why do I need to give thanks? Because I tend to lose perspective and go places like that. 
So why do I tend to lose perspective? And again, this is my answer. I'm not answering for you. But I'm hoping that you'll ask the questions. I tend to lose perspective because I am inherently insatiable and self-focused. That's my human nature. Because this part can be rather personal and sensitive, I invite you to wrestle with that as it applies to your personal life. But to help you begin to work through that, I'm going to give you a quick example from my professional life. Some of you were here last week, and there were over 300 people here. I agree. Woo. And you would think that would be my response, right? Woo! 300 people. On the opening weekend of deer season, we had 300 people in Caring Community Church. Some of you know where I'm coming from here. You would think I would have spent the entire week celebrating the vision that Faith and Angelina have had to create Heaven's Least Ballet and create opportunities like that for us to get segments of the community into our church who normally wouldn't break through our doors. Right? Woo! Celebrate that all week. Sometimes I lose perspective and I become insatiable and self-focused. Before sunset last Sunday, I'm thinking, why aren't there more people there every Sunday? Insatiable and self-focused. And I lost an opportunity, excuse me, I surrendered an opportunity to give thanks to God for doing something incredibly special in our midst. Now, you may not ever lose perspective, and if so, write a book so I can learn from you. (laughs) Celebration? Why isn't it like this every week? Because I'm pretty sure, I haven't counted yet, but I'm pretty sure there aren't 300 people here today. Some of you may look at the giving in our bulletin each week. And if I wrote it down correctly, it says that so far this church year, our church year begins June 1st. If you look at that, you will see, I believe, that it says $104,781 in change has come in since June 1st. You'll see that there is a weekly need of $4,476 in change. And you'll also see, excuse me, I also see that between needed year-to-date and received year-to-date, there's a gap of about $7,000. And I can look at being $7,000 behind and not give thanks, or I could look at how far we've come and maybe give thanks, even though we're a little bit behind. What prompted that line of thought was as I was looking, some of you have heard me say this more times than you can remember, but typically with holidays, I mean, 
Sometimes it's hard, folks, to come up with something new to say on Thanksgiving because I've preached on Thanksgiving for 37 years now. So I typically start a holiday by getting out my Thanksgiving folder. So I can see what I preached last week or last year because I don't remember. And I would be embarrassed if somebody came to me and said, you preached that last year. I would be awkward. I have an aunt who would have done that to me. Actually, she did that to me before. All right. So as I'm looking through that folder, I found a bulletin from November 13th, 1983. How many of you are younger than 35 years? So y'all weren't even born yet. All right. On Sunday, November 13th, 1983, our weekly need for our budget was $375. That's the funny part. The not-so-funny part is our actual income that week was $264. Now, lest you think things were terrible then, we also got $37.50 from our home church. So I read that, and I go back to $104,781. And I think in six months, we've seen that much come in. At $264 a week, it would take seven and a half years to get there. And we've done it in six months. Now, friends, I'm not saying we can relax. Our expenses were a lot different in 1983. A lot different. We wouldn't have been able to host 300 people in the space we met in that we rented from another church for a couple hundred dollars a month. But I realize, perhaps God provides better than I give him credit for sometimes. And maybe I need to come to terms with my insatiability and self-focus. Um, I sent a link to Cheryl, and we'll have her share it on Facebook if she hasn't done so already. Um, but there are a couple of printouts uh, on the back table if you want a hard copy to take with you. But I, I came across an article um, the latter part of this week. Any of you ever not open your email right away? I had one sitting in my inbox that I hadn't opened. And it, it was an article called 100 Remarkable Reasons to Thank God This Thanksgiving. And, and friends, I, I encourage you to process the information at some point. Uh, but it breaks it down into countless areas. And just stuff I don't even think to thank God for. Some of you know. Some of you are fighting illness and sickness right now. I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever said thank you, God, for diseases, disorders, or cancers that I've never had. Appropriate. Thank you 
if you were ever seriously, thank God if you were ever seriously sick and got better. Oh, duh. I'll be honest with you. Usually that conversation goes more like, God, why am I sick and miserable? Not, thank you that I get better. Thank you that I was sick a year ago and I got better. Thank you that this didn't happen. Just spend some time. So back where I was at. Why do we give thanks? Why is it important for us as a Christ follower to give thanks? Because God commands it. Why does he command it? Because I need it. Why do I need to give thanks? Because I tend to lose perspective. Why do I tend to lose perspective? Because I'm inherently insatiable and self-focused. Can I, can I just say something? I don't want to be mean-spirited and I don't want to burst your bubble. But so are you. It's our human nature. Some of us work through it more quickly, more consistently than others. But it's part of being human. And it's part of why I say what comes next. Why am I insatiable and self-focused? And again, this is for me. You have to decide if it's for you. Because I lose sight of the fact that I have been bought and paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, I am loved and cared for by the God of all creation, regardless of my circumstances. That's why thanksgiving. That's why thanksgiving in all circumstances. Please understand, I like good circumstances far better than bad circumstances. But the reality is, whatever circumstances I'm in, I have still been bought and paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I am still loved and cared for by the God of all creation. And for that... I can, and for that I should, give thanks. Now for some comfort food to help us keep perspective. As I've told you before, for most of my sabbatical, seemed like ages ago, I started each morning by simply reading and reflecting on God's Word. Fairly early in the process, I began to regularly pray a personalized version of Psalm 23. And that's what I want to leave you with today. Because I think it provides a good foundation for giving thanks in all circumstances and not just on national holidays. And many of you know Psalm 23 and you can quote it. I just changed a few things to make it work for me as a prayer. Verse 1 you are my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And friends, for me, uh, if you notice, if you have the outline in front of you, uh, there's just a blank after that. And, and I'm going to tell you what I filled in there uh, for this particular moment, and it changes depending upon the day and the time. 
You are my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And again, he's the shepherd. He's my shepherd. My shepherd. I shall not be in want. And I simply said, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for being my shepherd and providing for me in the way in which you do. Friends, I'll be honest, there are times I wish he'd provide more. There are times I wish he'd provide better. But you know what? He is my shepherd. And I shall not be in want. So I said, thank you for your provision. May you always be enough for me. I I need to pray that. Verse 2, you make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. I find myself wondering at times when I read that. How many times I'm running around in an anxiety attack like a chicken with my head cut off. And God's trying his best to get me to lay down in green pastures. And allow him to restore my soul. As I've said repeatedly, our God is an awesome, all-powerful God. But he will not override my will. And I have to ask myself, how many times is he trying to get me to lay down in his presence? And I won't. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. Thank you for your desire to guide me to places of peace and restoration. That's what he wants for me. That's what he wants for you. Verse 3, you guide me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You guide me in paths of righteousness for your namesake. I don't often think of it this way. But for this exercise, I wrote down, thank you for inviting me to join you in holiness. Friends, sometimes we just need to stop and wrap our head around this. The divine Holy God of all creation invites you and I to join him on paths of righteousness. He's not trying to push me in the right direction. He's inviting me to walk with him in his direction. Try to wrap your head around him inviting you to join him in holiness. Verse 4, he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, I love the acknowledgement that there are going to be dark times. I know it surprises us when we find ourselves in dark places. 
But friends, we need to understand, excuse me, I need to understand that it doesn't surprise God. He's not surprised when I find myself in a dark valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I said, thank you for the comfort of your presence and the promise of your protection, even in my darkest and most difficult times. He is with us. Whether we see it or not, whether we feel it or not, it is a fact stated by the word of God. Verse 23, verse, or excuse me, chapter 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Again, this is just me. But when I'm well aware that I have enemies who wish me ill, who would inflict ill upon me if they were given the opportunity, the farthest thing from my mind is pulling up a table in front of them and enjoying a relaxed meal. What an incredible concept. That even in the presence of our difficulties, he prepares a table for me. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. And there I simply said, thank you for standing with me. Thank you for standing with me. Imagine the challenges that you face and remembering who it is that stands with you. Who it is that prepares the table for you. Then anoint your head with oil to the point that your cup overflows with abundance. Again, I said thank you for standing with me and consistently bringing your healing into my life. The anointing with oil represents so many things, but one of those is his healing balm. And to realize that as I've come through the dark valley, as I'm confronted with enemies, it is his desire to anoint me with oil to the point that I feel a sense of abundance. And then he says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house forever. Surely, without a doubt, his goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Again, my shortcoming. Sometimes I wish he wasn't following at quite such a distance. But the fact of the matter is, he's there. And I can rest in that. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house forever. And I said, thank you for the promise of your presence in this life and the hope of your presence for all of eternity. For me, and I think for many throughout the course of history, Psalm 23 has been a source of comfort. And as I kind of 
unpacked it a bit today. I hope that it will fill that for you in your life. And I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to read those portions personalized from Psalm 23. And as I do each verse, I just encourage you to repeat it after me. You are my shepherd. I shall not be in want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. You guide me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house forever. Father, you are worthy of our thanksgiving at all times. And as I've indicated for me personally, and I suspect for many of us, sometimes it is so easy to lose sight of just how worthy you are. But it's equally easy to lose sight of just how much we need to engage in giving you thanks. Because it does change our perspective. Father, speaking for all of us, I thank you that you are that kind of a loving shepherd who wants to be engaged in every aspect of our lives, who longs to comfort us when we need comfort, who longs to bring strength when we need strength, who longs to guide us in paths of righteousness. Father, I pray that in regards to giving you the thanks that you deserve, in giving you the thanks that can break us out of a negative cycle, that it would become a daily process and not an annual holiday. Because, Father, each and every day you are worthy of our thanks, and each and every day we need to give you thanks for who you are and what you've done and what you will do. We thank you, Father. Amen. Michelle.